Some information on the next-gen timetable comes out. Ubisoft shows us what they want Rainbow Six Patriots to play like. And Germany is not too happy about Origins EULA. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. To another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast, I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with uh, Senior Editor slash Community Manager, uh, and also Secret Service Agent Rob Hill Williams. Yay promotion! Yay! Yes, yes. Had to kind of add that on. I th- that might, it's a little too long, so I think I'm just gonna say Senior Editor. <laughs> that I makes don't... more sense. Yeah. Really. So, but it's I just want to let everybody know there is a transition <laughs> that happened. But uh, also with us is uh universal commando <laughs> Nick Santangelo. Oh! <laughs> almost had me you almost had me Woo! oh man that was so close i was i was gonna say something and then and then i realized i had said it before i was like oh shit <laughs> it's happening <laughs> you sooner or later jared for one out of wild job descriptions for us oh he man oh, i had to kill I had to catch an early Christmas present. <laughs> we need to like, like stop starting with such Rolodex. Uh, what did you say? I said, do you have like an unusual job description Rolodex that you just flip through every week? No, <laughs> usually, I, usually I just kind of pick them like right before we start, <laughs> and then I go with it. So like, yeah, like I, I had it, and I was like, oh yeah, I totally used that before, and I'm glad I caught myself. Good job, brain. Well done. <laughs> Pat your brain on the head. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Alright, well this is uh Mashcast twenty seven back after our little two week break and my trip to the uh <laughs> across seas, which is awesome. But we're not yeah, right. he's it, we're we're shutting down the site, you know, probably in the next few months because he's gonna move back to China and we'll never hear from him again because apparently it was like Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me it was, but <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is uh, like I said, Matchcast twenty seven, and uh, we've got a couple things to talk about. It's gonna be an angry podcast, folks, <laughs> at least in the beginning and end. But um, so get angry. Yeah, get get, get angry. Get or don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get started. Rob, what you been playing? A few different things. I feel like I'm actually leaving stuff off the list, but I've been playing Batman. Uh, intermittently, it's really good, but I just haven't had like a lot of time to devote to it because uh, other things. Um, Might Magic review soon. That was interesting, but I will save all of that for the review. Actually, um, 
TF2. Been getting back into that since now I have a PC that is capable of running all these wonderful games. Mass Effect 2, which looks beautiful because I'm playing that on PC now. And also Battlefield 3, which of course we'll be talking about in some sideways fashion later. (laughs) How about you, Nick? I have also been playing Batman, like most everybody. I finished up the campaign, and it was excellent, excellent game. Uh, A little bit of Gears of War, which is always fun, and Uncharted 3. I've been playing mostly the past few days, which uh, my full review will be up on the site sometime this week, so you can look forward to that. Really liking it so far. It looks gorgeous, but that's no surprise to anyone. A little issue with the gunplay, which I know, Jared, you've had issues with in previous games in the series. It it feels just kind of off, and I know I'm not the only one out there complaining about this, but it's still a really great game despite that. Um, I don't, I'll save my full uh, full remarks for when the review comes out. So that's it for me. What have you been up to, Jared? Uh, well, I've been playing Ignite, which I've actually had it for a long time, but the, the dev, uh, they gave us the game so early, there were just parts of it that were unplayable, so now I'm like, now... All that stuff is fixed. I'm able to actually play it, um, you know, play it the way it's supposed to be played. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say they released a broken game because they didn't. We got it much earlier than the game actually came out. By the time the game came out, which I was in China at the time, uh, when the game came out, it was fine. But uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm playing through that, and I'm gonna have a review up hopefully uh, before the end of the weekend or. Actually, the review may be up by the time you guys listen to this Mashcast. Uh, played a little TF2. The night, the night that I got back from uh, from China, I injected the Starcraft. Starcrack. <laughs> the Starcrack, yeah. <laughs> because like I, I don't know. At first, I was like, yeah, I'm unpacking and stuff like that. And I started unpacking, and I looked at my PC. My PC looked at me, and it was like it's Starcraft time. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so <Wow>. that, <laughs> that's that's how that happened. <laughs> Fielded each other, jumped in each other's arms. It was, it was magical. Yes, yeah. it, it, it was. It was funny because I was I was up playing Might and Magic, trying to get slog through it for the review, and I see a little pop up in my Steam window like Jared, you know, Jared's playing StarCraft Two, and I was like, really? That's the first thing he did when he came back home. That's the first thing he did. <laughs> he probably didn't even unpack his bag. Didn't even unpack his bag. Just sat down and was like, I need to play StarCraft. No, I unpacked some of my stuff. Some of my stuff I unpacked, but then around <laughs> four around four a.m. I got the itch, and I was like, okay, it's time to stop the bullshit and let's do this thing. So, <laughs> they started a new season while I was gone. I had to do something. <laughs> but, so, I can't argue with that logic. I had to. I had to do it. I had to do it. That's, that, that sounds like an addict, doesn't it? I had to steal the lamp, officer. How else was I going to get my crack? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I've been playing. Uh, let's get into the topic. Let's let's kick it off with a little uh, next gen news. Uh, when we say next gen, just to clarify, we do mean next gen, not current gen, which people still call next gen console. <laughs> but um, the names to call shit. Apparently. Yeah. So like you know, PS4 and well, whatever the next Xbox is going to be. I guess the popular media term right now is Xbox Next. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, on the Microsoft side, uh, it looks like um, multiple sources are looking for the, the next Xbox to be released, uh, will be unveiled in 2013. Um, 
chip manufacturers and some middleware uh, firms think it's going to be unveiled in 2013 and probably released sometime in 2014. But, um, Game devs are thinking that it's probably going to be ready like holiday season or a little bit before holiday season of uh, of 2013. And when I say chip, you know, chip processor, not chip processor, but chip vendors, I mean the ones that are act, that are actually involved in making the chipsets and the boards and all that stuff for Microsoft. So this is actually pretty, I guess, reliable. Of course, Microsoft didn't comment yet because they're not ready to comment. They don't have an official statement, so right, they won't. Yeah, yeah. But, right. Well, we don't we, know if they were ready to comment. Yeah, we wouldn't have to be telling you about this right now. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, um, it looks like uh, that Lionhead Studios is working on a project called Fable Next, which is apparently going to launch the next gen console. Um, I hope they're not going to do like a N64 thing here and just put Next on the end of every title. <laughs> Well, they will as long as they don't have an actual name for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that is not kidding. coming from. Yeah, that's not coming from the studios or whoever they're getting their source from. That's just the them trying to put a buzzword on it. So yeah, well, everything next. Well, that's not even a product name. That's just a project name. You know, right. that's just the, the yeah. Name I, of the I'm project. just kidding, guys. I know they're not going to make everything. Oh, okay. Well, me and Rob are super serious over here, okay. so well, you, know, you got to get in gear. Serious face on Nick. Exactly. Yeah, I'm on the match cast then. <laughs> now we serious. <laughs> super super serial guys. Super serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, we um we had heard rumors that EA actually has some form of next Xbox technology you know, on their desks and they're developing for it, but EA just flatly denied that. Which... That's going back and forth so many times. EA being like, no, no, no. And then the sources are like, no, no, they totally do. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what, what the what the bonus is in denying it if you have it. Like, yeah, sure, we got it. Well, yeah. I'm sure that's a, just a relationship thing, yeah, more or less. But on the, on the other hand, though, if they're just talking about the fact that, like, chip manufacturers and stuff like that are, like, working on orders for stuff like that doesn't necessarily i wouldn't see how ea would necessarily have it not that they haven't had like a smaller order or something like you know more i don't know well they could i mean smaller orders to to work on like individual stuff but it just seems odd that they would have it so early well they don't have to have the uh, the finalized you know console that's the thing like um like for example, and I, I, I guess I can use this example. Like I was going to use Firehose Games, for example. Um, they before Slambolt was ever they made Slambolt's Grabbers for the people who don't know. Before that was ever like uh, before they said they was going to be on PS3, they built the entire game pretty much and had it just running on PC hardware. And then when they finalized it for PS3, it was like, oh, okay, well, now we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and it's going to be PS3 only. I mean, they could be doing the same thing. Microsoft could have said, hey, these are the specs that we're shooting for, and gave them some type of hardware. You know? Yeah, that's what I would assume at this at this early stage. They just threw some like really you know high-end PCs at them and like, hey, we're aiming for somewhere in this neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I would see, that they would say, like, this is what we're aiming for, so, like, build with this in mind, but not necessarily, like, we're going to send you anything about right. it, I, like, aside yeah. from just ideas about what it's going to be like. Right. Yeah, because obviously, like you said, if they're still working with the chips, obviously there's there's nothing to send them. All right, and that actually kind of goes in with our, with I guess, with the update that we have for the PS4, um, because the thing about the PS4 is that uh, the reports are saying that 
PS4 hardware is a ways from being finalized. Um, a couple in the games business don't expect the PS4 to be launched before 2014. Uh, so, you know, that would that really shows you that they don't even have the hardware together. But it's been confirmed that a few of the first-party uh, developers for Sony are working on PS4 games. So they have some type of idea what they're aiming for. They have some type of hardware there if they're developing, you know, for either the PS4, but yet there's no finalized PS4 hardware, you know? Yeah, um, I remember the PS3 did come out a year after the Xbox. I know you guys know, just for any of our listeners who've hazy memories from around 2005-06. So, I mean... Microsoft had a little bit of a head jump there to start working on their next system. Yeah, I and mean, you know the PS3 has a little bit of a, in some aspects, has a little bit of, a, I guess, a, a gain on the 360. But I think this time around, like, I think the PS4 is going to, in terms of power, will probably dominate whatever the next Xbox is. Even though both consoles will be very powerful, you know, the PS4 is already looking to be, you know, probably uh, two years after the next Xbox. You know, as opposed to a year like it was this time. It could set up for a very interesting um, console war next gen with you got the with the Wii U coming out in 2012, and then if we get the Xbox a year after, and then another two years out of that for the PS3. Yeah. Wait, why would it be two years then? Wouldn't that be pretty much oh, you're right. no, 12, no. 13, 14? That'd still be just a year. Between. Well, they're saying. I mean, it could be it could be a longer time, game. right? It could be a little bit more than a year, right. but not not as far as two yeah. years necessarily. Well, right. it's all speculation, a little to some degree. I mean, right? Either, they even said with the Xbox, the system could slip either way. Yeah. So I mean, maybe right. Maybe they both come out in 2014. We don't know for sure, but I mean, but I'm saying if if Jared could be onto something, if the Xbox comes out in 2013 and we don't get the PS4 until 2015, but I I'd be surprised if there was a two year gap. That'd be that'd be really odd. Yeah, I don't think they would do that to themselves. I think it's bad enough that like Nintendo's getting a jump, although it seems to not be really meaning much. Yeah. But to let Microsoft sit out of there for two years by themselves, I <laughs> I just don't see that happening. And Nintendo's jump again, I think it's going to be something that's going to come back to bite them in the ass at the end, towards the end of next generation. Yeah, I think that's going to catch people by surprise because everybody... I, I don't know why. It's like people have selective memory when it comes to, I guess, the information that Nintendo's released. Uh, because so many people, like you, actually, you go to the comments thread of any uh, gaming website, and you'll see when they talk about the Wii U, people talk about how how it looks like the Xbox now. When Nintendo clearly said that that's not the final, you know what I'm saying? Those were just demos, <laughs> right? You know right. what I'm saying? Like those are just demos. I mean, the hardware spec, the hardware spec for it, and even not, not going to talk about the processor, not going to talk about the RAM, but just the graphical. Um, hardware and that dev- and, and the Wii U is more powerful than the Xbox 360 or the PS3. So why would they let that go to waste? But this is this is not insider information. I'm telling you, this is information that Nintendo <laughs> has released. They released it soon after E3. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I mean, but is is it going to be able to keep pace with PlayStation 4? Doubt it. Almost, uh, yeah, almost definitely not. Well, yeah, because actually, and I mean, it's got, for a console. Technically speaking, it's next generation, but in terms of PC hardware, it's a generation behind. So I would assume that both Microsoft and Sony are going to try to come out 
at the top, like where PC is at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I don't think Microsoft right now is taking the top PC hardware right now and building the next Xbox. They're probably in talks with NVIDIA or ATI, and they say, hey, whatever the card spec is that you're releasing in 2013, 2014, we want that before our system. That's what I think that they're doing right I now. I would assume it would make good thing. sense. Yeah. yeah. Instead of going kind of like going peak now and then it looks and then especially compared to PC like it looks old by the time it comes out because I mean PC progresses so much faster I mean like it'll still you know at least it'll be better then but like it's still going to be outclassed within like six months but at least it'll be closer to the peak you know of what it should look like at that point coming out you want to at least have those showpiece graphics for the launch of the systems yeah exactly so I think I definitely don't think the Wii U is going to be able to keep up with the PS4 and the and the 360. Actually, I don't think the Wii U. I think they'll have a different console by the time. Well, if the Wii U comes out in 2012, I think they they'll have a new console by 2015. They may they may end, they end up may end up having to roll over that fast because of the way that things are looking right now. Like unless they you know manage something that is unexpected again, you know, in terms of like just how it plays or that the tablet does way more than we imagined or thought and that the system is somewhat more impressive than we've seen so far. Like that's yeah. the only way that they don't end up having to turn it over really fast or just eating a loss because like, that, I don't think that they can afford to just bleed money. Like after that system comes out, they've already, it's already been bad enough. Like with the 3ds now that they, if it really came down to it, I'm sure that they would try and kind of regroup and push out something else. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they need to get their stuff together. In addition to that, they they just we need to see more games and some sort of like uh, legitimate online system for the Wii U for it to have really any chance. I think to compete beyond like the first year that it's out and everyone's like, oh, cool, look at this new thing that is beyond what those other things can do. You know, I don't even think it th- is that. Um we need to see more games from the Wii U. We need to see games at Wii U spec. Like, what is it going to look like? Um, right, it, what's the, the reality? Well, of the I mean, Wii U. once the system hits the market, yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about after it launches. We need to see more third-party oh, games right, right. and third-party games that are not like, "Hey, here's Batman." Oh, cool. Oh, wait, we all played that a year ago. Right, exactly. One problem I think it's going to have is that, like, what the kind of trend that we're seeing right now with marketing is that a lot of. Uh, a lot of publishers, or actually a lot of commercials for these games are showing the PC versions of the games, which, because, you know, they look the best in mm-hmm. most cases. And I guess <laughs> what's going to, what I predict is what's going to happen is, like, you know, while while a game coming out for PS3 or Xbox is maybe showing the PC version with the great graphics, when the Wii U commercial comes on with a game that is probably not going to look as good because the it just doesn't have the same graphics as the PC. Even though it's yeah. going to look better than the console version, it's not going to look as good as you know the PC version, which the commercial is going to be for. I think they're going to have problems because people are going to be like, yeah, see, it doesn't look different. When in reality, it really does. Right, when the first person buys that game and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're. I think that's what we're going to see. I think Nintendo has a bumpy road ahead of them, and I, I, I just hopefully they can pull through. You know, just as like a, I guess a fan, <laughs> I hope they can pull through. Yeah, but, I, I honestly don't. I, honestly, uh, almost a lifelong Nintendo fan. I don't. I don't see how things are going to turn out sunshine and rainbows for them. I really don't. Unless, like you said, they've got some crazy shit up their sleeve that they're not telling us. And historically, they. Held a lot of secrets close to their chest, so maybe we're missing something. But 
it, even so, it, I'd be shocked if the thing comes out and like has the power to compete with the PS3 and Xbox. And of course, Nintendo will give their whole spiel like, well, we're not really competing with them and blah, blah, blah and all this. But we, we know it's not really true. Right. Exactly. Somebody refresh my memory real quick, though. Like, are, is there, are they still aiming for a spring release for Wii U? No. Is that still the no. plan or no? They because, just... Oh, go ahead, Nick. You go ahead. All right. Sorry. Sorry to cut everybody off. Um, yeah, the latest thing is it's going to be in final form at E3. Okay, well, I saw that, but that confused me because I'm like, if they're trying to release that in the spring, why would we not even see what the system really is going to be until E3? But that, I mean, it makes sense if it's not going yeah. to try and come out in the spring because I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> you're not even going to show us the full system and you're going to release it. But okay, that makes sense. If, if, if they finally settled on Christmas, then that makes a lot more sense. So that's all I was wondering. They didn't outwardly say it, but it's like just very strongly implied, like, okay, this thing is probably not going to come out then until the holidays, which really shouldn't surprise anyone. I, I mean, I've been saying since the thing got announced and that they were saying in the spring that yeah, I really don't see it coming out before the holidays. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely, I think we're going to see it like holiday season um, 2012. They, he, you know what, Nintendo needs to release as far away from the Xbox as possible. Like, if, I mean, for, let's say something happens and Microsoft even says gives an inkling about you know the next Xbox at at, at uh, 2012 E3 that's going to just make it that much harder for Nintendo agreed and I I'm, I'm thinking even if the Xbox comes out in 2013 we're going to see probably not see anything we'll probably hear something maybe see some kind of prototype version of the system itself and that's usually the way they do it usually like yeah, I expect we'll hear they'll we'll hear a whisper yeah. about it. They'll say something about you know things are coming along. Yeah, we might be showing you next year, or you know, right? There may be a peak in the future, but like even in a, in a sad way, even that would almost be enough because the problem is that now, like people are going to play the waiting game. Like everybody, I wouldn't necessarily say people like are ready for the next gen, but you know, I think developers are more ready than consumers are because money. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah. Nobody's in a rush to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on. But like that's gonna that's gonna cost people to play the waiting game, and like they're gonna wait to see. Like they may not wait necessarily until you know twenty thirteen fourteen necessarily, or like they may not wait until like say PS four comes out like at the end of twenty fourteen. They may not wait that long, but people will definitely wait at least until Xbox comes out, or at least until they see something about Xbox before they really decide on the Wii U. You know? right. Yeah. You'll see the usual launch, and the Nintendo fans will rush out and buy the thing up in bulk. Nintendo fans, people who really love the Wii, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll still market it towards those to people. Have, yeah, and people that just have to have the next thing before everyone else. Right. Yeah. And or, after that, people will be like, well, hold on a minute. Unless Nintendo comes <laughs> out swinging hard with some, like, uh, oh my god, Half-Life 3 for Wii U. Right. Jared's there. Five. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret, Jared. That's why Gabe Newell has been so quiet. <laughs> You better get down there to the basement and ask him about that. Yeah, I better make sure he's still down there. Uh, Has he been fed lately? Did, he, did anyone feed him while you were in China? Yeah, I had somebody come over and take care of Oh, okay. All right. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah, so. And he was cool because he got the Blu-ray player down there, so it's all good. Nice. People yeah. who are listening to our match guests for the first time are like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> Don't worry. I'm lost, too. No, yeah. I'm kidding. You, you'll catch up in time. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. But, um... So there was somebody else who had some opinions on uh the next gen, you know, what's you know what's next with the with the next gen consoles. It's uh, an article from Wired 
uh, Geek Dad article on uh, the wish list for the next-gen consoles. And um, kind of the only reason we're reading this is to rip it apart. <laughs> and so we'll start with number one, which is uh, to fully embrace a streaming system. Um, I mean, while I think a streaming system would be, I mean, it would be nice for a console, I would never buy a console that was fully streaming. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, we've talked oh, no, about we've talked no, yeah. yeah, like we talked about this. I think the cloud is a terrible fucking idea for anything but a backup, as far as like actually like that being like how you get your games, and that's what you're talking about. Like, no, I don't want just a streaming system. Like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially download. Okay, we could kind of talk about that if you're going to give us enough space for it, but just. Streaming? Mm. I think streaming demos would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, streaming demos, like, yeah, I mean, basically what we've talked about. Streaming demos are great. If you want to back up my games with streaming, fucking fantastic. But you, you're talking about, like, not giving me any option to, like, actually have it on my system and be able to play it whenever I want without being connected to the internet. Nope, no, fuck no. couch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know how that many people one on the list, man. Yeah, you know. You know how many people lost their cable with the snowstorm that just passed? You know how you know how much I lost my cable this past weekend for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really uh, good point. Yeah. So yeah, it's like no 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 bueno. No bueno, you know. Um now the second one we're as a group we're conflicted on. Uh don't bother with backward compatibility. For me, backward compatibility is a huge plus because I like consolidating my consoles. Uh, well, I say my the devices on my on my television. You know, I'm gonna have less devices. Like I, I was telling Rob and Nick, of course, that the reason I didn't buy a PS3 earlier is because you know, around the time I was getting ready to buy it, they took away the backward compatibility, so I waited even longer into a, until a specific game came out that I wanted to get. You know, but I would have had a PS3 sooner if they would kept the backward compatibility because I do have a few games that I still like to play from the PS2 days. But Rob disagrees. So you go ahead. I do. I'm not saying like the way that he put these things on the list. Like he's saying like these are like must-haves for the next generation. I don't think saying I want less for my system is a must-have. Like I don't think that's ever a must-have. That's like saying take away your DVDs, Blu-rays, CDs, whatever. Like that's stupid. Like, but. My my caveat was that if you could, if backwards compatibility somehow, even though it's emulation, we talked about this beforehand, you know, if somehow it would hold back the system from like being able to progress forward, then then leave it out. I don't care if it's going to change the price to the point where you know I'm saving fifty to hundred bucks on a new system. Leave it out. I don't care. You know, because in reality. At the end of the day, like when I buy a new system, I'm buying it to play new games. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. Backwards compatibility is nice, but it's not necessary. I have you know, I I have I have a PS3 that's not backwards compatible. It never mattered to me. Number one, I have a PS2 and I just kept it. Like it didn't change anything for me. I wasn't going to trade in a GameStop for five dollars to get a PS3, and. I, and I have and I have got like shelves of PS2 games. I mean, I've got a lot of PS2 games, and a lot of them I haven't even finished. I've got like forty plus PS2 games that are sitting on my shelves, and I love I love those games. But in reality, like, how often do I ever play into those games? Like, the last time I played a PS2 game, I played Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction like three months ago, and the last time I played a PS2 game before that was probably the year before. You know, like 
I don't, it's not enough to matter to me to like say that like I want backwards compatibility at the exclusion of something else that's important. So I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I only agree with it under certain circumstances. And Nick brought up a good point too about uh, about launches and systems, but I'll let him say you know tell you about that. Yeah, before uh, we started the podcast, we were talking about this one a little bit, obviously, and. I was saying when the Xbox first came out, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in this, there wasn't really very much to play. There were like a couple of decent launch games. There was nothing great. And then once you got tired of those two games, you were just like, all right, what else am I going to do until Oblivion comes out? For me, I just popped in Halo 1 and 2 and played the crap out of both of them. So backwards compatibility was great. But after like a year or two into the system, probably only even like a year, it was like pretty much stopped using the feature completely. Same thing with my PS3. I mean, I have the original PS3 still that plays PS1 and PS2 games, and just I, I don't use it at all. I don't. I have used it, but I cannot remember the last time I've used it. I also I still have my PS2 also sitting here, and I still have PlayStation 2 games. Um, my, of course, the Wii plays GameCube games, and I still have dozens of GameCube games, but I don't play any of them. I don't think I've ever played a GameCube game on my way, to be honest. Right, in the, like six years or whatever, five years I believe it's been since the things come out. So I don't have a problem putting backwards compatibility in there. It's cool for a little while, and probably some people like Jared enjoy it more than others. But the fact that this is number two on your list of things that you want is something that you don't want. Like that's just retarded. Yeah, like okay? it should I'm be. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's retarded. Yeah. It should be a wish list, not a, a, a don't wish list. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And my argument to, to Nick's thing, well, it's not, wasn't really an argument, but basically that, like, okay, so, like, I agree because that just means that we need better launches, really. Like, I am completely that, with it, so there's no argument. <laughs> I completely agree. I don't know, but okay. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The launches, I mean, you used to at least get, like, one great game with launches. Now it's, like... Here's two decent games. No, and I can understand, like, and that's why you made a good point. I was like, I didn't really think of that. But, like, you know, when you, like, system launches and it's like, we got three games. One of them is playable and the other two you probably shouldn't waste your money on. And, like, that's what you have to choose from versus, like, you know, your library of games from the last generation. And you may have traded in your system to get this new system because it was the new big thing. And, like, I, okay. And that, in that case, sure. Uh, you know, if that's if that's the case, then fine. You know, take the keep the backwards compatibility because that makes a good point. Because then that that gives your system survivability in between times, and otherwise, just you know, let it go. So right. that was number two. Yeah. Was the uh, third one up on it, Jarrett? So now number three was provide for smart connection between the digital game content and the physical world, and my thing is to this like this is totally doable right now. But it's not in demand, so why, like, why is this on your wish list for next generation consoles? Well, basically, what he's asking for, and he actually he gives an example here. If he's watching a football game on Sunday, and you know a uh, a coach decides to punt on a fourth down as opposed to try something else, he wants to be able to on his next gen console, I guess, load that like load that game up in Madden, and then download that scenario, and then try something else. How many people are even going to do that? Yeah, Wait, exactly. but here's my here's my argument to that though, because he that's that's kind of silly, and that kind of shows like how little he really kind of knows about 
Well, not necessarily about how little he knows about what he's talking about. The guy's got a bunch of credits to his name about, you know, games that he's been on and worked on for releasing and blah, 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 blah. But this shows how little he really kind of knows about the games that are out now. Because, like, games do that now. Like, it may not necessarily be immediate, but, like, in FIFA, like, if there's a real war matchup against, like, between two teams or something, like, they'll give you, like, a scenario or, like, or NBA 2K, like, all the, all the Jordan challenges, like, okay, yeah, those are older things, but, like, those things happen now. You know, NCAA, like, in fact, sports games. In fact, it's funny that he used the sports game as the, the example because most sports games tend to do at least something close to that. At least, like, the matchup of the week or here's a scenario from this point you know try and beat this team or whatever the case may be or you know take this game and like you know make something happen that didn't happen in real life so it's kind of funny that he says that because it's like dude we do that now not enough not every game does it and i don't necessarily think that's like a a must-have because not every game needs to do it but it happens already (laughs) yeah like i think maybe he even wants it to be like maybe more immediate Right, but like, dude, like that's not a that's not a console thing. That's a developer thing, and you best mm-hmm. believe you will be paying some type of premium for that. You know, like exactly. a subscription. This isn't like a. This is what I want my console to be like. Yeah. This is stupid. Like this whole list up at this point is a, it's ridiculous, and it doesn't get much better, folks. Yeah, so like uh, that's silly. That's, that's a nice idea, and that's a nice idea. But I'm like, it's silly because it happens now, and yeah, exactly. sports games, and sports games are the ones that do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it, see it's, else do it's that. not even bad because of the idea. It's just why is this on your top five things? Of what For the next the gen console, yeah, this is, and it's a list of five things, and like this is number three out of five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and again, so, guys, this is on Wired. This isn't like some random like backwoods website where just some some blogger. Just randomly posted five things that were just ripping apart. It's all wired, yeah. It's expected sight here. <laughs> wired a little bit. It is just like one of their subsets. The Geek Dad section is kind of not separate from Wired, but it's separate from Wired. And this is a guest poster. He's not a yeah. guy who really writes for them. I don't know how they got how he got to guest posts. I don't know what he sold, what he wrote. I don't know, but. I don't. I don't know how he's. I guess because he's worked in the industry. Right. Like you said, this guy does have a background in video games, but clearly, as Rob pointed out, he has a severe disconnect with what's happening in the game industry. You right want to, the last time he released something was okay. Well, do you, do you want to random stuff? Do like, you want to like hear the games that he's worked on? Like yeah, the ones they listed here: um, Black Hawk Down, Wing Commander, Mario is Missing, You Don't Know Jack, Star Trek. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, Mario games that was he worked terrible. on a real game. When's the last time that he actually put out something that was relevant in the last yeah. five years? Well, we still, got, we still got two more to go, so let's go. <laughs> I know, that's so sad. <laughs> let's go. So this next one kind of made me mad. <laughs> this, this next one kind of made me angry when I read it. But he says, provide Steam, uh, seamless software uh, adaptability for players of different skill levels in the form of a common handicapping system that is used across, uh, you know, all games. And he's talking mainly about multiplayer here. And, like, you know, so basically what he wants to do is if you're really good at Call of Duty, which he says specifically, if he's really good at Call of Duty and he plays somebody else, his son in this case, that also plays Call of Duty, he's not that good, they want, he says they should handicap him 
against his son to even to level the playing field. And to that, Except he was reversing it. I think he was saying his son is better because his his son would have a, a handicap of one, which is nothing. Okay. And he would have a handicap of ten. Either is, way, yeah, either but, way, I say fuck that and learn to play the goddamn game. You lazy son of a bitch. Like, yeah, the, you know what? Like, I hate that. I didn't expect that kind of vitriol until the last topic. Whoa. That Woo. made me angry because I'm like, like us gamers, us real gamers, we spend a lot of time playing these games. And we play the games to get better at the game. So why? Because you either... Don't, maybe you don't have time to play the game, and that's okay because that's your life. But just because you don't have time to play the game doesn't mean you should drag me down with you. All right, so, so you that, can feel better about when you play a multiplayer. Exactly. And if you're not good at the game, go play a game that you're good at. Maybe it's not for you. He probably, you know, you, you probably like No Child Left Behind. And that bullshit. Like, let's go. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. We're getting super political now. Oh. But that uh, made me anyways, angry. Getting back to the gaming boys. Oh no! I mean, I, I get what he's saying though, because I mean, like, you know, how far do you how far do you extend that in your viewpoint of other stuff if you're willing to extend that to a game, a multiplayer game? Like, no, I, yeah. he's saying that you should automatically have like, you know, you should walk into Street Fighter, and if it realizes that you've lost like your last ten games and you've only won two, when you go up against somebody that played fifty games and won forty, they they, there should be an automatic nerf involved with that, and that's like that's not necessarily the way to go because not only does it not encourage anybody to ever get better, but it means that it doesn't matter how good you are because you know that it, it, it doesn't matter. Like differences in skill level mean nothing at that point, you know. Yeah, and like it's retarded. It's it's I guess it's a it's a fine idea to like you know say it, it, it's weird because like if most of these things if he phrased them differently. Like, it would have been an okay list. Like, but like in this case, it's like if you had phrased it as, I would like for there to be more options to level playing styles when I'm playing with my son playing a game or when I'm playing against my son in like Street Fighter, I want a handicapping system. Oh, that's funny because it has handicapping, so never mind. But like, you know, but like to say that you're extending that into multiplayer of all types and to specifically call out Call of Duty. They, you're surprised. Like I'm really surprised. Although he got a lot of hateful comments anyway. Like I'm surprised did. that somebody didn't like break into his house and like attack him. Like the like the guy attacked the kid in Call of Duty. <laughs> if anyone has heard from John Snyder, please let us know. We hope he's still alive right now. Oh, <laughs> I think the Call of Duty thing is just a name drop, anyways. It's just like, hey, Call of Duty kids right, play that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, and I guess it's be oh, for number four. This is my last part. <laughs> the reward of spending a lot of time playing the game is being good at it, right. and that for me, for that is a major reward for me. That's why I'll, I'll play some games for like a long time but if there's no re- if if there's not going to be any reward in that aspect like since I played a lot now I'm better than you you know what I'm saying or I have an easier time playing it or I can play at a higher skill level there's no point in for me to play a lot of games especially games like arena shooters like Call of Duty Right. Real tournament. That, I mean, yeah. And that's why I kind of get what you were like, oh, like No Child Left Behind, because I'm like, does that mean that you want like every kid to play like equal minutes in football? Like, you know, like how far does Everybody that Everybody wins the Super Bowl. Bowl. That's right. Like, because then, the, like, then your achievements mean nothing. Like, I understand yeah. not wanting things to be totally fucking balanced, but like, that's gameplay building. That's developers. That's not 
it's not the system. <laughs> it's not the system. Once like, again, what yeah. he should have done: write an editorial about how developers need better matchmaking systems. Some, that would have been totally go. fine and appropriate. Exactly. This has no place whatsoever on your top five. Now, I mean, it's his list, so I guess he could put whatever he wants. But clearly, but, if you look at the comments on this thing, everybody signed with us, and I'm sure you guys are listening well too. And the other thing is, it's so insane to try to like a universal handicap system across every freaking game. Even just within shooters, like everyone is so different, like it's just crazy. You just think like, oh, I'm just a handicap ten, like across the board. Handicapping, like you shoot somebody in the head, they don't die right away. You have to shoot them three times in the head. Like, what are you handicapping in certain yeah. cases too? Like, like that's what I mean. Like, if he if he said different, if he said things differently, if he said like, I want handicaps in more games so that it's more balanced when I play with my son. That's fine, but you're saying that this is my wish list for a next gen console. I want the console to be able to nerf these games for one thing. And you're talking about nerfing games that like nobody would play if you nerf them. They yeah. would like who? I mean, really? Like, I am I correct me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't play Call of Duty or Battlefield or Left 4 Dead or Team Fortress. I wouldn't play any of those games if it was you know nerfed to the point where me sucking or me being good doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean yeah, because there's no point in playing. There's no joy there. Like. I mean, when you play a shooter, I guess because I play shooters the most, so I'll, I'll speak from that perspective, I'm not happy because I just shot somebody in the face. I'm happy because I'm winning. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like oh, that, yeah. Yeah, it's not a violence thing. Sense it's sense of accomplishment exactly. has always been one of the biggest <laughs> things in all games, especially shooters, like Jared just said. Every but game. really in all yeah, games. Especially, especially when you're talking multiplayer, shooters are big yeah. for that because that's the big multiplayer. But if it, you could take, you could say the same thing about there being an automatic handicap in Street Fighter. You wouldn't have tournaments anymore. You would like it. I don't know. It just boggles my mind because like the, the the implications reach really far. Like, could you imagine not having you know that that Daigo wouldn't have pulled off the beast move at Evo? Like instead, he would have just. You know, it, he was already half dead, so it would have been, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have, like, he wouldn't have gotten any damage done to him by the other guy with Ken. You know, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had to parry anything. <laughs> like, that's, I'm sorry, I just, I need a moment. <laughs> this is so terrible. It's just it's just, I just saw a really terrible out. future. It's kind of like Rage and Fallout, like all put together, but with video games and multiplayer, it's terrible. And here's the thing: don't we have enough freaking games out there? That like anyone can play and be happy with. Exactly. Get go play Mario that, Tennis. Go play a Facebook game. Go go play something on your iPhone. All right. That's, that's kind okay. of my problem with Call of Duty now. How they like compared to Call of Duty Two and Call of Duty One, how Modern Warfare has been adjusted to fit more players. You know what I'm saying? Actually, um, with one of the articles on Kotaku around the time, like right before E3, where they had one of the lead developers talking about how they changed the multiplayer of, you know, Modern Warfare 3 to be like, you know, there's less viewpoints so you don't get shot from as many angles, you know? So I already have a problem with that, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, you're turning it into a hallway shooter, and then like that's <laughs> exactly one hallway. Everybody yeah. just shoots bullets <laughs> in a straight line. Each team just stands on opposite sides, just just shoots down the corner. Yeah. Oh my god, that's that could be the best game ever, actually. But okay, yeah. yeah. But let's move on to number five, um, which is yet something that shouldn't be on the list. Like, don't force the use of add-on technology. He's talking 3D support. He's talking. Uh, connect he's talking ps move and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about because you don't have to use that stuff now i mean like you can't complain if you buy if if a game comes out on connect made for connect 
You know what I'm saying? But like, because it was made for Connect. Like, are you, do you seriously want to play Fruit Ninja without being able to use the Connect? Like, you just play it on your phone or you know, Gun Stringer without Connect. Like, it, you know, like it, it wouldn't be Gun Stringer. Come on, it wouldn't be Fruit Ninja. Fine. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be Dance Central. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have a lot of different experiences. You know, and nobody I mean, like like when Nintendo puts freaking like motion controls in the 3DS, and then you can't use the 3D with it. Yeah. Like, it's like, why would you do this? You're overriding the entire point of this thing. Yeah, like, don't get the device. <laughs> you know, like, nobody's forcing you to use 3D TV support. There is no game out, and none that I've seen for the future, that say, oh, this game won't work if, you you know, there's no normal options, 3D only. Right, or this won't like unless you're specifically buying like a move only game, like a move that's got a game that's got move compatibility, for example, just doesn't work if you don't have move. Like, no, then it's just move only and you know better. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know, it's, I don't know, it's almost like, oh, I want to play everything, but everything is not compatible. But it's like everything doesn't have the same experience. So that's silly in a way. I agree with like, don't force the use of add on technology, but like, short of say, maybe the 3DS is circle pad, like, how many things have been like you have to have this in order to play you know like maybe the the we the we motion add on but like even there you could still play most games without it it's just that it's crappier <laughs> but like i mean you're talking one system and you're talking one system that was marketed casual and as a kind of a different thing altogether anyway but you know all these other experiences like yeah they're pushing them a lot you see them at e3 and stuff but that doesn't mean they're not necessary you know like i don't have a connect i mean i've got move but you know like that's just personal choice you know and it's not like oh man i use it for every single game because i fucking don't <laughs> like not at all but like you just you just make choices if you want to play certain things like if you want your kid to play once upon a monster or whatever then get them a connect right and you know, like just because it doesn't have it doesn't mean that like you shouldn't have Connect or something anymore. Yeah, I mean, eh. over. I mean, that was the last one on the list, thank God. And like, really, like this is, was not well thought out. Like, obviously, the editor doesn't doesn't play video games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because anybody who actually plays video games, even a casual, you know, somebody who's more casual, you know, for they would know that like a lot of this stuff is not relevant or you know this has nothing to do with next gen consoles i mean let's see what what you got two items that that really uh that i guess they have to do with the consoles the streaming and the compatibility but other than that the digital you know the extra content for the games developers um, game yeah yeah that that's a developer thing the handicapping not a console thing and the uh force use of add-on technology isn't even an issue so, so yeah, you got two not you got a non-issue, two things. Yeah, that and it's and sad because the non-issue is the like, one I agree with, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it doesn't really happen. Like we haven't seen like anything that's like, yeah, fuck that, you can't play this PS3 without this add-on. Like unless yeah. you're talking about the system, in which case, like we're just gonna play with our imaginations, everybody. Like, yeah. So the only uh, thing I will say is I do hate it when. Uh, DS and now 3DS games. So like, hey, control everything with the touchscreen. Yay. <laughs> Just give us the option. But for the most part, it's dumb. Yeah, so we're going to leave that. We're gonna oh, leave, thank God. Yeah, we're going to leave the anger there for a little bit. I still got more left for our last topic, trust me. Oh, I know you do, but at least you can be happy for a couple minutes. Yeah. Well, we warned everyone at the beginning. There was going to be anger. 
<laughs> yeah, Madcast Twenty Seven. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's we're gonna move on to uh, talk about some good news. At least something I think is kind of good news, which is Rainbow Six Patriots. Um, good news. Looks like good news. Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple months ago, that's actually around E three time. You know, there was some information that had came out. We definitely knew the new Rainbow Six was in was uh you know in motion well in development and uh there was even a screenshot that was kind of released uh which i don't think that was an official release but uh basically the other day um game informer they pretty much announced the game they said yeah the, the next game informer is going to feature rainbow six patriots uh along with that there was a video uh released which was it wasn't gameplay footage but it was the target their idea of right what they wanted gameplay footage to be, and actually it was made a year ago. Yeah, it was made. The only reason they released it is because they thought somebody might leak it, so they just let it out. And that's I think that was a really good idea on their part to do that. Yay for not you know running damage control after the fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but did you guys both of you guys you watched it? Watched oh it yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the video pretty much well we what we talked about before. Uh, previously on the Mashcast, but what we talked about before was that um, the game was going to include, you know, moral decisions, things that we really, I guess, you really haven't had to do in in games before. Right, not necessarily good or evil either. Just like you know, things are in shades of gray as well. Then they would actually affect the story, and they would have multiple branching, you know, storylines. Yada yada yada. All right, so the the video starts out with you, you know, it's first person, so I, I think it starts out with you on a couch. Uh, you're waking up either way. And, um, you know, you're at home, you're relaxing, apparently it's your birthday, your wife's coming over, you know, to get some and stuff like that, but then, you you know, somebody knocks on your door. But I don't, that's the thing, I don't get, like, why? Because they kind of kicked in the door, you know? Like, why knock on the door and then kick in the door? I guess maybe because you throw somebody off guard and so just kick, I don't know. Like either way, it probably would work. But I guess it's more impact is for you as a player if you see your wife get knocked down by like somebody kicking in the door type well, of thing. The, the yeah. impact for me was when he he not only did he kick in the door, and knock the wife down, he slapped her in the face right there. Right. I'm like damn, he did. that yeah. bastard. <laughs> he did. So you know, it maybe ain't... he's thinking the guy's got a gun somewhere in the house that he can run to. Eh, maybe, but yeah, either way, true. so they come in the door, they smack your wife, they. Uh, knock you out, and then you wait. You come to your wife is uh, you know she's t- she's tied up, and he threatens to kill your wife. Um, poor house guests. Yeah, these guys, you know, they're definitely they're, well, they're terrorists, but they don't. They're not, uh, you know, uh, I guess from another. They're not from another country. They're 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 homegrown. Americans. They're homegrown terrorists, domestic terrorists. And so basically, what happens? You you wait. Next time you wake up, you're in a van. You got a bomb strapped to you. Oh, uh, well, they're leaving out kind of well, maybe sort of the important part is the fact that. Like they're not just homegrown terrorists. They're not just just kicking in your door for no reason. Apparently, you're who oh, you you're are. A banker, that, yeah. You're a banker, and you you know you're one of those people who made out really well when the when the you know everything went to crap you know a couple of years ago, and they're basically trying to teach you a lesson you know more or less. And basically, like you need to when you wake up in this in the van, you've got a you got a bomb strapped to you, and you have to make it all the way to Central Park. You know, otherwise they'll kill your wife and your kid. Because your kid's upstairs too, right? But it's kind of a ahead. neat premise. You could maybe say it's pandering a little bit, but but I like it. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, it's, it's relevant. I don't necessarily say it's pandering. You I, know. I do it have some how they do it. Yeah, I do have yeah. a little something to say about the, the about the premise, but I'll do that after. But um, but yeah, that is the premise. Like you're you are, you are a bank. Well, 
at this juncture, you are the banker. And, at that point in the yeah. video. So next time you, you wake up as the banker, you have a bomb strapped to you. You're riding a van on your way to, uh, was it Central Park or was it Grand Central? I think it was Central Park. It was one of those places. Yeah, it was, one of the, it was, it was a populated area. but one of those centralized areas. I guess somebody <laughs> tipped off, uh, you know, the, the cops and the van gets stopped by bullets. <laughs> um, and you get out of the van. Uh, you know, you were told to get out of the van, and they, you ha- as a player, you have to hold down the trigger so that the the the, uh, the bombs that are attached to you don't go off. And they say you get to Central Park and you make sure you hold down this trigger or Central Park, Grand Central Station, wherever, and you hold this trigger. So at, you, as the player, are now basically you're you're making your way through. Uh, you know. Um, a little a bit of a battlefield on a bridge, you know, cops are shooting at you and other terrorists, but the only thing that you have is this trigger that you have to hold down. Um, soon after you get out the van, the perspective switches from you being, you know, an involuntary suicide bomber to the, 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 the six team, which is like a, the core gameplay of Rainbow Six, of course. So you see stuff that you're used to, like repelling and, you know, tactical shooting and stuff like that. One thing that was that uh, that was added, I can definitely tell you was added, is the fact that you now have, uh, you know, tactical shooting in the aspect of if you just want to wound somebody, you can. Because the NYPD is shooting at the, te- at the guy they think is a terrorist, but he's at, you know, the guy that you were. And if they shoot the bombs, they'll kill everybody on the bridge. So you have to wound NYPD. Right, to- they don't know he's got a dead man switch, so... Yeah, he dies. That bomb goes up amongst all those people on the bridge. Exactly. So you know they they wound the NYPD. They come down the ground level. Uh, same stuff you you're used to seeing in Rainbow Six. You know uh, the first to third person cover system. For some reason, you can see through see through solid objects. They really didn't explain that, but uh, you know it, it was a target video anyway. So, but you know you can see through like uh, ob- well, you can't like see through like the person but you can see through and see like the silhouette and it's almost like a digitalizing like on the edges of things like if somebody's hiding behind something you could see like their red shape behind it it's not infrared but like it's almost like a digital like digitalized little matrix type thing you can see exactly so you know you see all that and uh you know you make your way you you know you kill the terrorists um which they did show um you know, he, you did shoot one of the terrorists, and the terrorist is on the ground, and he's still alive, and, you know, you have to shoot to kill. So the whole wounding thing is not just for certain parts of the game. Like, if you shoot somebody in the wrong place, which is something we've seen before, but in a Rainbow Six, it's still cool. Because Rainbow yeah, Six it's is more cool tactical. Concepts. Yeah, but, you know, so you get to the guy. He's like, they got my kids, they got my wife, blah, blah, blah. Our SEAL team is like, no, we got your kids and your wife, they're fine. Don't know if that was truth or a lie. But either way, the guy's bomb gets remotely activated. And there's a timer countdown. And, you know, one of the SEAL guys is like, okay, come on, we got to do this thing. And it tells you to hit a button. And, you know, in, in this demo, they hit the button. And what you did, what happens is, you know, you and another SEAL member, you toss the guy, you know, over the bridge into the water. And he blows up in the water, killing him, but saving the rest of everybody on the bridge. So, supposedly, like, they, they remotely detonate it. And yeah. you get, like, 20 seconds to decide what to do. And, yeah. really, <laughs> what are your choices? And the bomb team is three minutes away or whatever. Right. So, I mean... Remember, he is a bastard who foreclosing all those <laughs> homes, still. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, forget about that. He's got a couple. Yeah, but, like, according to, to the dev, you know, uh, to the dev team, you are supposed to be able to make moral decisions. So there's going to be times like this in this game where, you know, do I do I kill this guy? 
or you know, do, you know, do I sacrifice this guy for the, for the many, or do I try to do my best to like, you know, have have him live? Like, who knows? Like, maybe in the game, if this part even makes it into the game, right. maybe in the game they'll give you the option, of like, no, I'll defuse it. You know what I'm saying? But Jared, you don't have any bomb, you know, defusing experience. No, that's okay. I got it. You know. Right. Yeah, anyway. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah, everybody, take it easy. I got it. <laughs> you know, I did this in Rainbow Six. Panic. <laughs> but um as for my thoughts i enjoyed the demo i really hope they can come close to that target because you know rainbow six even though it did get a bit more hollywood with like their production style like you know try to make it more movie like vegas man which was awesome awesome game <laughs> but um you know it's definitely not as tactical as it used to be but still in terms of the 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 current climate of shooters it's probably one of the most tactical shooters you're gonna play you know, it's very fun. It's different. It gives you a reason to buy a first-person shooter because, it, you know, it's different and good at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so, I love that about the series. The only thing I hope, because this is, you know, we have so far, like, we know of two games that have the, uh, uh, you know, the premise of, I get, not the premise, but I guess the setting of a bad economy or the current economy. Because, you know, GTA Five is going to be dealing with, with, uh, with the bad oh, economy. Shit. And this is going to be dealing with the bad economy. I just hope we don't have a slew of games now coming out dealing with people doing stuff because the economy is bad. Right. It works for GTA because they've always been tongue-in-cheek about current events, like Rainbow Six especially, when you're talking about moral ambiguity and stuff like that. It it makes sense to kind of deal with the current current issue like that, you know, with with people who think that they're doing something right by the country by, you know, doing what they're doing, but really, you know, they're still terrorists. You know, it, it, I would not like to see it become a thing, though. I really, yeah, would. I wouldn't like to see, see it become the new Nazis. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Nobody needs to see Mario getting like locked out of the castle in the Mushroom Kingdom because the bank foreclosed on its home. Yeah, yeah. it could happen. Do that. <laughs> Think about now, it. now he's back for revenge. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But um that that, that that I really do hope that that target comes close. Now they I think they'll have more pressure on them to actually make that happen now that they release this footage to the public like I think that that shows. I think that shows. You know, the fact that they were not only preempting, you know, somebody leaking it, but the fact that they released it. Um, and it's been a year since then that they must feel that they're coming somewhere along those lines to be able, to feel confident enough to release it. Because if it got leaked, then they could just say that's not where the game is anymore. You know, but for them to release yeah. themselves kind of speaks to I think that I think it implies that like that they're on the right track. So, or at least I like that. I like to think so. The one thing I did notice I want to mention, and people will see the video afterwards anyway um, when they look at the the show notes, but. It's interesting the way that they set up kind of like the way that you do things within the game because it's almost like heavy rain mixed with a shooter, except without all like the super complicated button holding, you know, for stuff. But like it was more contextual. Like you look at something, you could pick something up, you could, you know, open something, push a body off of you while you were doing something else. Like there were multiple things going on, but it all melted together when you did see, like, you know, them them vaulting and rappelling down a wall for EO and taking guys out. Like, they, it all flowed together really well. I mean, it's a target video, so whatever. You know, it's not actual gameplay necessarily. But the idea of it was very good because I'm like, oh, that's that's closer to where we should be when we're talking, like, a story-oriented, you know, shooter that, you know, David Cage has been talking about type of thing that those kind of elements put together with the shooter. I like that. So 
it's nice. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they can uh, they can they can reach that target, and I hope hopefully I'm ho- I'm hoping that they'll have way more uh, to show at the next E3. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. We'll see how much they actually come out with with the Game Informer article, but yeah, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. not Game Informer is sometimes. Ah, oh, big cover exclusive. It's a page. Yeah, exactly. They've been, they've been better about that recently. Their Borderlands Two coverage wasn't bad, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, not holding my breath. We'll see. But um, yeah. So moving on from that, a little bit more of Ubisoft news. We're gonna just gonna touch on this quickly. Uh, Ubisoft apparently Ubisoft has inked, inked a deal with Sony for an Assassin's Creed movie. However, Ubisoft apparently has a lot of power when it comes to this movie. Stuff that Steven Spielberg can't even get, you know, uh, in terms of a deal. Uh, Ubisoft has to approve the budget, the cast, the script, the release date, and they can stop the project at any time, depending on, you know, if if they like what they see or not. And uh, some Hollywood insiders are like, this is insanity. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Maybe we can get a game that doesn't, I mean, a game movie that doesn't suck. So we, we can finally get a game movie that's not an interpretation of a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you don't need to interpret a game. I don't need you to interpret Uncharted. It's got its own yep. goddamn story. You know, right. like, <laughs> you could take all the cutscenes and just put it all together and make the shooting like a specific route, and then that would be a movie. Yeah, like, come <laughs> on, now, now it's in space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, with Drake and his wife and his kids, like what? Yeah, you know, like come on mm. now. And also, but, you he's know, a ninja. Yeah, like his uncles, yeah. and they're like a crime family. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, the Godfather, yeah. but yeah. The last thing I need is Assassin's Creed turned to a turned to a time traveling. You know. <laughs> movie, right. you Boy, know, we're all it's for... starring John Claude Van Damme as the time cop. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> oh you my know? god. <laughs> but like, yeah, so this is, I think, this is amazing. Like, this is a great story. And like, now I, I'm looking forward to this. When I first heard that they were trying to do an Assassin's Creed movie, I'm like, oh, Hans Bricks, you know, come on now, you know. But like, it's, yeah, it's. I think it's a great idea. Uh, it's a great thing that Ubisoft has this much control. Well, they also have a product, like, you know, they also started up their own kind of production studio, so I think that probably goes in line with it. I mean, if you're, it's almost like Marvel starting their own studio. Like, before, when it was like you're farming out stuff to other studios to make your movies, you only, you're only going to get so much control, but if you're the one who's funding it, you're the one who's basically, you know, got the company who's making the movie why shouldn't you have that much control? And this just means that we get a better movie. It, at the very least, it can't be any worse. Right. It, it can't be. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> impossible. They cannot make these things worse. Right. We, we, can't, we can't get worse than an Uwe Boll movie, so what the, fuck, what the fuck is the reason not to let them have that kind of control over it? They created a story that was great so far in a video game form. Why not give them enough control to be able to make sure that that makes its way into a movie form? And it's funny because actually in the comments, somebody mentioned that like, oh, I think that's a terrible idea because like, you know, what if like, you know, a a game studio or a studio like worked together with a game company to make a game and they had control of stuff. And in my brain, I was like, they do that now. Like when you saw a company uh, that made, you know, that made uh, War for Cybertron and then they turn around and had to do the movie game. The game was fucking terrible. And why do you think that is? <laughs> yeah. 
Because the studio has so much fucking power and say in what gets put into the game itself. Like, I, you know what? Why not reverse it? It can't be anything but good for the for gaming industry. So even if it's like this movie's okay, marked improvement over what we've seen previously. At least, at least we can say like, okay, well, maybe we should adapt a little bit. You know, right? So, but I think it's great. Yeah, it's a good idea. But uh, Yay. good job, everybody. Good job, Ubisoft. So, but uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, the gear a Gearbox founder actually I have his name right here. He's I think sorry, he's a co-founder. Um, Brian Martell did not think Duke Nukem Forever was reviewed fairly. Uh, he says that players didn't get the old school vibe of the game, or that Gearbox wanted to keep 3D realms, vi- uh, you know, vision. And then he compares it to like half of it. We said there's an internal discussion, I guess, amongst the Gearbox guys saying, well, if, I wonder if, if Half-Life was released now, would it, would it get, you know, the same score? Would it be as critically acclaimed? And that answer is easily no. Like, if Half-Life was released, like, for the first time, and it, ha- it was all the same features that of the Half-Life that was originally released... No, not it's for six. Completely 60- irrelevant, though. Exactly. But, <laughs> but actually, my and actually in my brain, not that it would be like, oh, it's a nine point five, but it will at least be an average game because yeah. the core gameplay is still good. You could still play that game now, and that, that game is, is still good. You play Duke Nukem, and within five minutes, you know exactly what the fuck you're in for, because I knew exactly what I was in for when I played that demo at PAX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't, like, I'm not saying, like, yeah, Half-Life 2 would get amazing reviews, but you chose the worst fucking, that was the worst fucking choice of game that you no, could have said. He meant the original for, Half-Life. Right. I know what he meant, but I'm like, it's still a good game. It's not Half-Life 2, but it's still, it's still good. You know, like, it's not fucking great. Great, but like if you put a shinier coat of paint on it, some people would probably still like it. <laughs> you know, like as yeah. far as it being like, oh, this is fucking great. Because there were still people who gave Duke Nukem a fucking nine out of ten or, you know, perfect score just because it came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Duke Nukem Forever, like, first of all, like, if you, re- my thing is, if you wanted it to be a nostalgic game, like, for, one of the things I had said beforehand. Uh, before Duke Nukem came out, was that the fact that it's been in the cooker for 15 years? That means it has old concepts on it, and I already knew that that that's a bad thing. You know, we've already moved so far in 15 years. You know, and of course, like they have updated it a little bit, but like how long? Like the, the concepts in Duke Nukem Forever, in terms of gameplay mechanics, I should say. Sorry are at least a few years old, and we're already past that. And I don't even know if a few years ago it would have been viable. Mm-hmm. I you mean, know? like maybe. Five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We moved past that. So, like, yeah, okay, you have this nostalgic game, and Gearbox. Once they got the game, they really didn't change anything, and that's already after the game had they had stopped working on the game. Or 3D Realms had stopped working on the game. So, you know, that like I said, that stuff was old. Like that, if you don't have current gameplay mechanics, you can't charge sixty dollars for a new game and expect it to be okay. Because regardless, anybody says like, I mean, you do take value into account when you're reviewing a game. Yeah, and even if you, even if the gameplay was a little bit stale, but there's you know a story or you know humor or something else that was around surrounded the game that made it worth playing. It wouldn't have gone so badly. 
but on top of having stale ass gameplay mechanics or or you know at least a mix mash of you know stuff that's old stuff that's new stuff that and, and didn't fit together very well that on top of that like it was the most misogynistic not funny piece of shit <laughs> because i really was looking for a better word than that but i'm like this is the problem this is the problem i could see why when they reviewed it like it was so universally bad you know like the, the reviews were so universally bad because it's like when shit is shit you just call it shit because i really tried to come up with a better word right there and i couldn't do it <laughs> i couldn't and you know, so, that's the entitlement too and they're like this isn't right. You didn't. It's not right because it's Duke Nukem, man. Yeah, because we made it. As I was telling Jared before the show, like I understand you spent a lot of time working on this game, and then you had this other group of people who spent an absurd amount of time working on this game. So I get that, but that still doesn't make it good. Okay, exactly. I, mean, you, you I get why as a reviewer, if the game is bad, right? If the game they, is bad, say it's bad. No reviewer wants to go out there and rip your game. No reviewer wants to play bad games through it. No one has to put up with that. We've all done it. It sucks. But if it sucks, you have to say it sucks. Yep. And that's, and I guess that's part of the thing. It's like, you know, there is a sense of entitlement there because it's like, oh, it's Duke Nukem. It should get, it should get reviewed better because it's Duke Nukem. Like, it's almost like they're expecting that you should be thankful that they were even able to put the game out. And it's like, okay, I guess in a certain respect, like, it's cool that you were able to make something happen that technically probably should never have happened. But maybe it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like maybe yeah. you maybe you should have just gotten that license and ran away with it and done what Gearbox does, which is do very good things. You know, Gearbox is not a bad company. I don't really blame any of this on Gearbox. You know, like I don't really like their response to like how things have gone about Duke Nukem since then. But I, I Gearbox as a company is very good. They've always done they've always done right by done right by their games. And it's just it's just silly, and it's like, oh, there were caustic remarks and you know all that kind of stuff, and it's like, well, after a certain point, like you can only call a game what it is and right. and and it's not and it uh, he makes it sound like almost like there was a like a systematic like a bunch of game like company you know game review sites and everybody got together over like dinner like they all got together at a bar at a big ass party in the middle of the US and like they all decided that they were just going to shit all over Duke Nukem forever <laughs> it's not <laughs> what, happened. what happens yeah like it's not what happened like people played your game and people didn't like it oh you weren't I, at that meeting Rob no matter how much i didn't need to be <laughs> obviously <laughs> but like you know it, you can put as much marketing behind it as you want. Like fans can still like the game. They don't necessarily have to agree with critics. People like crap that, you know, Ebert doesn't give two thumbs up, you know, whatever. But don't be upset that your game got rated poorly. When Gearbox inevitably takes Duke Nukem, they take that IP and they make a new game around it, it will be great. I am sure it will be great because Gearbox will have built it from the ground up. But releasing Duke Nukem, I wouldn't necessarily call it a mistake, but it was an experiment that didn't go well. Right. <laughs> How come no one ever comes out and goes, you know what, my game was rated unfairly. They gave it way too high marks. <laughs> yeah. I would never hear that. Man, that was fucking lucky. I thought you guys realized the game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did send those guys? They didn't play our game. <laughs> that, only, that only happens in the, in the other world. <laughs> you know. 
the world Op- next door. Ups, upside down world. Earth 2. You know, whatever you want Earth to call Earth 2, uh-oh. Even rain the, the alternate universe <laughs> where the devil may cry exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even want to get started on that. I'm not, no, no, I'm no, not no, talking no. about it. Save I'm not, not going to talk Let's about look it. look that up because we're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, we're going to... We're actually going to move on from the gearbox topic and uh, move to uh, to talk about a little bit of origin. Um, I guess the the, the conver- not the conversation, but the this whole thing started when Battlefield came out. Uh, why I don't know because it's been months since you know our first reports of the origin EULA allowing them to you know pretty much scan your PC. How um, many people were using Origin before Battlefield came out really? That's true. That's true. I guess that's probably yeah. why that was my best my best guess at least. So basically what's what's been happening in Germany. Uh the Germans are upset. German gamers are upset that their their privacy is being violated. Um so upset and 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 uh, you know that the fact that they are actually trying to get Battlefield Three removed from retail shelves, um, over at Overclocked uh, .net, there is a thread with just a truckload of articles from different websites, print articles as well, and pictures of people burning their copies of Battlefield, um, you know, due to the anger and out you know and uh, I guess outlash from the from, from the game, um, so far actually. It's so bad that German retailers, including like Amazon in Germany, are taking back open copies of the game. Even if the codes are used. Even everything. if the codes are used, they're they're letting customers return it because they're so unhappy. Uh, so far, EA has uh, suffered a ninety thousand euro loss, and if my math is correct, that's around one hundred twenty four thousand dollars. It's more than I have. Oh, and Battlefield Three is also the lowest rated game of all time on on Amazon in Germany. Because everybody keeps rating it one. Yeah, so it gets rated a one, but like it's had so many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, sir. Well played. <laughs> I raise my glass to you. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. It's it's and actually to add some fuel to the fire, uh, one. Uh, one uh, German gamer, he recorded. He I guess he ran, you know, Procmon, and he recorded what Origin was accessing, which is everything. <laughs> apparently, um, if you watch the video, which you know we'll have the link in the show notes, it shows Origin accessing like his his phone app, his phone application. Uh, he the stuff you see the most is Origin accessing this accounting program and the data inside of the accounting program, which is scary. You know, like what? The thing is, because you see the origin is accessing it, but you have no idea what it's doing. It, you know, yeah, you have it, no idea what's happening to that information. Exactly. Is it actually reading the data? Like, does EA have his accounting information? You know, like that's yeah. And bad. even if and and the thing about it is that even if EA doesn't do anything with, it, even if EA is totally trustworthy and they're not doing anything untoward with your information. That still makes them a target. If they have that much information about that many people, somebody will try and take them down and get that information. Exactly. That's, that's what's really scary, even beyond just EA having it themselves. Too. And the data that you're communicating between your computer and EA's origin server, unless it's like credit card transaction, like when you're buying a game, it's not, it's not encrypted. encrypted. It's not encrypted. It's going across the wire, and people can pick off those packets. You know, And even if they know what's on your computer, that will give a hacker enough to know what to exploit, what it can exploit, what a lot of people are using so he can exploit it and gain access to their PCs. Does he want something directly on your PC? 
Probably not. But he might want to use your PC to do something else. <laughs> you know true. what I'm saying? That's like, it's basically like, you know, it's just a it's just a really bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just Katie actually, you know, like, because we, we both have Battlefield 3 on PC, you know, like, I, I, I've been running at Sandbox so that Origin can't touch anything else, you know, but she actually ran an experiment with Pokemon because, you know, she's like, I don't understand German, so she was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it myself, and she, for a comparison, for anybody who, like, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, well, maybe other stuff does that too, like, for comparison, the, the closest comparison to Origin, Steam. She opened Steam, Steam was maybe uh, like uh, with, within one page on on Proclon, and it was all within Steam related stuff. She opened Origin; it blew up to seven pages of Origin being all over the computer. Wow! Like it was everywhere. Yeah. Like I, you don't really realize because I mean it's like you know I had played Mass Effect two before that, and you don't realize like what it's doing behind the scenes until you see something like that and you're like that's fucking scary yeah Yeah. like that's fucking scary we're like sandbox (laughs) (laughs) sandbox all the time which actually works for battlefield 3 actually because there's nothing that you're saving to your computer you know as far as game saves or anything like that so running a sandbox it's works fine but i'm like that's still like an extreme measure to have to take just to be able to play a fucking game exactly like it shouldn't be there in the first place and one of my biggest problems with it is the fact that you paid sixty dollars for this game, but yet EA is gonna—they're gonna take this information, compile the data, and then sell it to somebody else. All right, and they, try and make even more money off of you, even just from the other information that they get before they even sell it. <laughs> exactly, like you know, like you, you, like that's that's unbelievable. And because of this, like they've lost—they're gonna be losing business. Like they've definitely lost my business. And I'm not alone. Like I will not buy any game that requires Origin. If it requires Origin, it will not be on Jared's PC. You know that's 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 how it's gonna work. You know, they, yeah. I'm not the only one. And even Jason Worsitz, he was gonna buy Battlefield Three, and he, I was talking to him the other day. He was like, "No, not not because of Origin. Like, I, I don't want to deal with it." You I know? mean, like, I bought, I had, you know, I bought Battlefield Three. You know, I, I didn't, you know, like, I knew the EULA, but. The not knowing like how much Origin was doing is something totally different, and that was very recent. Um, but I mean, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, I am running this, so I can't touch anything else because I. Not that I'm gonna be like, oh man, I'm already screwed. I'm just gonna run it anyway because like they, they don't have a right. They don't have a right to have that much information. They don't. There's no reason they should. Like there, there really is no reason. There's no reason that anybody should be okay with them having that much information either. So. Hopefully the outcry is enough that they do what they should do, which not do not have Origin look for all that information, not be searching through your computer for that stuff. You know, it needs to be involved with Origin, and that should be it. You know, I don't even want it looking at like other games in Steam or anything. Like, I don't want to look at anything <laughs> like at all. So hopefully the outcry becomes enough that they fix it because. I, you know, I think Origin can have a place, you know, in the digital download stratosphere of stuff. But like this kind of stuff, like you're fucking it up. That's yeah. nobody wants. Nobody wants parts of it. Yeah, and you know what? Even even if EA at this point totally, you know, takes it out, I still don't. I, at this point, I don't trust them because first of all, they'll try and do something else. Yeah, like this isn't the first time this has happened. Um, for those who bought Battlefield 2142 via retail box. 
Um, and this one was real sneaky because, you know, you can't take back open box games. So first thing that you see when you open the box was this white piece of paper that basically said, you know, by installing this game, you give us permission to scan your PC and get advertising data. I'm like, it's real nice that you told me, but it's kind of a dick move that you put it in the box after I opened it and I can't take it back now. All right, that's never anything they're going to say before a game releases. Exactly. Ha ha. Yeah, that's how, right. that's how it Nelson works. Nelson Munch just show up and laugh. Yeah. And even with this whole origin thing, when the first, uh, back in, I think, July or August, when it first came out that the ULA allowed this, they said, oh, okay, well, we changed it now. And that I guess that took a lot of people off guard, you know, and I didn't have origin installed in the first place, so I couldn't even check to see if that was correct. But you know what? Like, they said that they changed it, and it's not it's not going to be intrusive. Look at this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what's right. happening. Their program is still intrusive, no matter what they say they're actually going to do with the data. Like, the fact is that they shouldn't have that data in the first place. Exactly. exactly. It has nothing to do with what they say they're going to do with it, because they can be trustworthy as all hell. But there's no way that, like, that's always going to be the case. It's not always going to be, you know, that they might be trustworthy, but who else might get access to it that's not? Exactly. And, and you that's know, enough by itself. From this day forward, like, even if they start saying, okay, well, no games of origin, uh, you know, required, every EA, EULA, I'll probably take a look at just to make sure you don't have anything sneaky in there. And it's yep. a shame. And it's, it's a pain. Like, you know, it's, it's I don't want to read EULAs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like nobody does, and that's the funny well, thing yeah, is that they're... nobody does. It takes a couple of people, like you know, who are sharp-minded or just look at that stuff to realize, like, oh crap, like we're kind of in for it. Like you know, who read their, who read the whole terms of service for when you sign up for anything, really? Actually, like, like not even just specific stuff. Like, who reads terms of services for the most part? Yeah, they're you purposely scan the first couple of lines. Yeah, you read, you scan the first couple lines, and you're like, okay. Jargon. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, as long as you're not talking about, like, coming to my house and raping my cat and, and you know, taking <laughs> yeah. the basement, like, I don't care. Anything you know, but like, my cat. Right. <laughs> Take the dog instead, please. Not <laughs> 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 oh, Mr. Wiggles. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, so. Don't take my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take yeah, it's getting Woo. late. <laughs> it's late here, okay. folks. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, Germany standing up for what's right. Uh, wonder what happened in the United States. <laughs> but um, we're all too busy trying to play Battlefield Three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're gonna what happened. <laughs> so we're gonna move on from that topic and talk about our last topic, which is uh. Rage topic number last. <laughs> yeah, number last. The biggest impact, or the uh, the, the the largest influencers uh, influencers in the gaming industry. Uh, that's what you know. This this article that we're gonna have in the show notes uh, talks about. Um, this isn't the core article. It's something. It's he found it somewhere else, and you know he put it on his site. But it was a uh, let's see the Intent Media Group. I guess they uh, they conducted a survey of a thousand industry executives and the you know they wanted to see who they thought would had the biggest impact on video games i'm going to start number five and go to number one because number one's going to blow your mind okay so number five is mark zuckerberg as far as we can tell this is of all time 
by the way. Okay, so uh, you're probably already starting to get angry. So, <laughs> and if not, do so because you should. Yeah, exactly. So Mark Zuckerberg is number five. You guys know who that is. Tim Berners Lee, which I'm a, I know a lot of you people do not know who that is because in terms of video games, you shouldn't know who that is. Uh, and I'll explain that a little bit later. Uh, then there's uh, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto. Everybody knows who he is. He's number three. Okay. Uh, number three. He's number three. <laughs> okay. Gabe Newell is number two. Um, so I'm going to give him some time out of the basement for that. Hey, Gabe, guess what? <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> made number two under Steve Jobs. <laughs> As number one. Steve Jobs, number one most influential person in the games industry. And this Ever. right Ever. Ever. Because Ever. I, everything I've read between <laughs> both of those articles points that points at it being like just influential all the time. Dude, this right here just shows that, it, I mean, it is really time to get off of this guy's cock. It really is. Because in reality, he's just the guy that said yes to the App Store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You really think he developed the App Store? No. Single-handedly. <laughs> Sleeping. Uh, yeah, uh, dude, uh, yeah. this is unbelievable that, indus- that that people in the industry, if you were just walking down the street and asking some people, probably, uh, I can totally see this happening and I would not be angry. But a thousand industry executives think Steve Jobs is the most influential person in the games industry. I mean, even even if you okay take this for example even if you say okay it's Steve Jobs because he he okay yeah he did make the decision for the App Store you know say okay that's cool let's put that into iTunes and make it work with the iPhone dude like that it's just a platform for software not necessarily for gaming you know what I'm saying and it didn't change gaming per se it changed mobile gaming because it made it more accessible you know what I'm saying so it I would. He definitely, I guess, if you're going to give him credit, give him credit for that. Like, okay, mobile gaming got a boost because now the mobile games are more accessible. Um, but he didn't change, like, how mobile games were made or anything like that because I was playing touchscreen games on my Windows Mobile Phone 5, just not a whole lot of them, you know? Yeah, gotcha. And the other thing is all three of us came up with several people that, could have very easily been on this list and wouldn't. I mean, for me, I'm like, where is Hiroshi Yamauchi? For those who don't know, it's the former CEO of Nintendo. And in case you missed it, we did a Mash Cash special edition about the crash of 85. If it wasn't for this guy and Nintendo coming along, like, video gaming was pretty much dead. Yeah. Except for that. And Rob, I think you had some people too, and Jarrett, that... Very well should have been on this list ahead of Steve uh, you Jobs. Could name, you could just start naming people in gaming right now, and they've had a bigger impact on gaming than Steve Jobs has had. Like well, yeah, you, could, you could say Randy Pitchford, and like that is still a bigger impact <laughs> than like Steve Jobs has had on gaming as a whole. Like, okay, yes, he developed something that's a platform for for games and for you know software. is influential. Not right, for, for software. software. No, I'm sorry, not for games, but for software. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a big player right now. It may be in the future even bigger, whatever. But, like, as far as, like, all time, you're going to say that's the guy? Like, that's that's the guy. That's the guy. Dude, I, that's the goat. That's the guy who is <laughs> who's, who's the most influential guy in gaming of all time. I, you know, I, I, 
it just doesn't make any sense to me. And even if you do want to, like, let's say you were talking about people who truly influence, like let's say somebody who didn't make a game, like you know, they never made a game, but they truly influence the gaming industry. I, like, how could Bobby Kotick not be on this list in the top five? I mean, because of Bobby Kotick, Bobby Kotick changed the way that the industry viewed franchising. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, we, I mean, he easily did more than Steve Jobs. Easily, like before. Easily, yeah, it's not, it's not even close. As much as we all hate him, as much as we hate him, did yeah. more. He did. He did more. They didn't even. They didn't mention Iwata, which it wasn't for him. You, without the Wii, there there is no push for the casual yeah. gamer. Without the Wii, there is no push for the casual gamer. John Romero, Carmack, come on, like. Come on! <laughs> Come on in general. Here, here's one, though. Here's one that still even is all on the same lines, but makes even more sense. You could fucking name Wozniak, and he made more of a difference for gaming yes! than Jobs did. And, and the dude shared the same space with him. Apple, too. Like, Woz was the guy who figured out how to even make it viable. Like, he deserves a place on that list more than Jobs does. Just Jobs is the idea guy, but just because the, and and I hate to say it, I hate to say it because like the guy had contributions, you know. But like, let's keep it in real perspective. And I hate to get like this, but this always happens when somebody dies. It that always happens. I was thinking the same thing, dude. Yeah. So I feel bad about saying it. As soon as somebody dies, somebody has to you know pretend that like they did more for something than anybody else ever did, and it's a nice idea but like seriously like let's let's be real like okay let's give the guy credit where the credit's due but let's not like get real fucking crazy about this and you're getting real fucking crazy about yeah. this yeah, well, because not only go ahead not only that his not only was he number one on video games but the top five products are shaped video games apple's iphone is number one there dude i didn't even ah! read that list i didn't even read that list now <laughs> i'm like double mad like, oh so my god we got so crazy <laughs> i did you know you, you, uh, this we talked a little bit about this before the show of course the first time i read this as soon as i saw steve jobs number one i was at work and i knocked my juice off my desk by accident because i got so mad but then story yeah (laughs) but then like after i got back in we were talking about it then i noticed that tim's berners lee was on here and mark zuckerberg neither of those guys should be on this list because like for those of you who know who tim's berners lee is he you know because of him we have the world wide web not the internet the world wide web which you know so we have web pages and and stuff like that http it, got it yeah. exactly so, but there's no reason like, like he did nothing for gaming Nothing for gaming. He just made it so like, he just he, web pages. But there were people networking their their computers together and playing games before that, you know. And right. Mark Mark Zuckerberg with with Facebook, like it, it, once again, it's a platform. It's a platform. Yeah, and it's almost like this list is not a list of people who did stuff for gaming, but a list of people who enabled platforms for gaming. Like that's almost what it's like. And even then, the list is out of whack but whatever <laughs> you know like you almost feel like they gave him like a list to vote for and there were only like six names on the list the sixth <laughs> one was Uwe Bowl. yeah <laughs> that's what i think happened that's the only reasonable explanation dude like they and i'm just now seeing the the, the top five products like really like apple iphone number one nintendo wii number two 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and like, if you're talking like a time frame, then fucking tell somebody <laughs> because, like, if <laughs> yeah. you're talking like maybe the last couple of years, like, no, because they, they, I'm they not have the original that, PlayStation but, okay. console there because they have the original PlayStation console at number four. So this oh, is I like, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Time. Like, at least, like, at least pretend. Tell me, tell me what time frame we're talking about, so I can know how mad to get about this. Look. <laughs> that's how I felt too, Rob. Dude. I told you before the show. So I think I'm like, well, maybe if this is within like the past, and then you keep reading, you're like, no, no, this is all time. <laughs> this is all time. <laughs> insane. How is the Nintendo Entertainment System not on this list? Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. It's not even Literally on the list. Gaming. Yeah, like if any, like no, take no, iPhone no. right off that list, pluck it right off that list and put Nintendo, put the NES right there. Yes. Like, maybe that list makes a little more sense. Yeah. And then, and, well, I guess if you're talking products, because like Xbox Live was on the list too, and I'm like, okay, well, if you're talking a product, I guess, but like, then wouldn't that just really be 360? But you know, whatever. Uh, it's just, it's just wrong. Like, and I, I acknowledge what somebody did, and like, be realistic about it. Like, guy's gone. Okay, fine. There's, there's really no need to keep sucking on Apple's dick. Like, yeah. Apple's <laughs> gonna do what Apple's gonna do, regardless of what the fuck ever you say or do about them whatever we say about them on this match cast whatever you know you vote for them on the top of whatever list whatever anybody says in the new like apple is gonna do apple because apple's been doing apple like let them do it and like just stop getting so i don't know i don't even know what the word is aside from to call it dick sucking (laughs) (laughs) like you know stop getting so high on them when like it's not necessary like acknowledge what they did acknowledge what steve jobs did you know Amazing. It's not like they didn't do anything. It's just right. exactly top five is out of control. Like and he just needs to be at the top of every list. <laughs> he can be at the top yeah. of some list. The top, the list where he deserves to be on. But don't put him at the top of every list just to put him on top of every list because the guy's gone now. Yeah, exactly. And Eight. this is from t- supposed to be like executives within the industry and, and like <laughs> lead developers and directors at major studios. It's it's it just blows exec- my mind. That's why I. That's why I totally believe this list though, because it's executives. If you if you gave people a list like from developers and studios and stuff, like or even just the heads of studios, like you know, like guys that actually had their hands dirty in a game, like it'd be totally different, dude. Like- yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but some of them. Are- but some of them, they don't know for sure. They they don't know for sure who actually took the survey, but they do know that some of the people who were there were some Sega executives, uh, GameStop execs, and Peter Molyneux from Lionhead. Event. Yeah, that, that's the people but, who were going to be at the conference. Yeah, they don't know if they necessarily took it or not. They they could have. Maybe none of those people did. Maybe all of them did. Maybe right. some did. Yeah. But that's just a sampling of the type of people that were there. It's, it's just funny to me, like, and like, and I didn't really think about this until we actually got to the topic now. But like, it really is funny how like Waz gets swept under the rug when Steve yeah, you're right. is concerned. Because I'm like, it's funny because it's like I would, I maybe would not have been as mad at that list if like Waz was on that list instead. Yeah, uh, because he, just, he's had yeah. at least. It, I mean, like, I'd still be a little upset, but like, at least like he actually contributed something to gaming directly. As yeah, that would have been like, wow, they really put some thought into this. Maybe, it's but like Steve Wozniak, yeah. they put that much thought into it. Let's not, let's not care. He wouldn't have made the top five. Right, he wouldn't have made the top five. Well, I, I agree, but it would have been more than just, you know, it's like, hey, Steve Jobs, hey, we're cool. Right, if we're talking, like, say a top 20, like, okay. <laughs> but, like, I just don't, I just hate how, like, you know, dude's still here, you know, Jobs is gone. Like, he, it doesn't matter what 
or like awards or what place on the list you give him. The guy's yeah, gone. he's not going to send you the new Ma- the new MacBook. You know, right. you know, you get him on the list. free early. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I just and these are people that don't need free stuff. These are people <laughs> at the top that are making lots of money. That's how the rich stay rich, man. It's get true. that free stuff. It's true. Sadly, <laughs> that's how it works. Thank you, Rainbow Six, for pointing out how flawed the system is. <laughs> <laughs> Life lessons in video games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of – we got to stop talking about this because, like, my mouth is dry. I'm out of water, and, like, I don't have any Reese cups. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> – Right now, he's got, like, the I'm red – Redness in the eyes. He's a little, little rabid looking. I'm getting a headache. I'm like, you know, we got, we, we got to wrap this up. Not to mention we're blowing out our listeners' eardrums with how mad we're getting at this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody's turned down like 20, you know. Like, the window right now because yeah. otherwise, or the tab rather. Yeah. I, got, well, I can't look at it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's going to end our topics there. Um, Table over. So we're um, – Let's talk a little. No, we're not really going to talk about. It, but we did have a response from Mashcast Twenty Six, uh, you know, for the for the for the question of the week there regarding you know if you know if the whole PlayStation Vita, you know, you being able to download a retail game the same day it came out, like you know, what path would you choose? Like you know, if that went big and the Xbox started doing it and the PlayStation started doing it, like what would you do? Um, and so we got a response from Wookie BH, and he says, I am totally fine with downloading my games as long as uh, console storage doesn't become an issue. I see no reason why not to favor this. The only reason I'd go to a retailer would be to get a special edition of a game or get a console peripheral and hardware. That I, my, my sentiments exactly. I, I yeah, totally as agree. long as I got space, why not download it at home? Yeah. Exactly. So thanks for that response. Now this week, our question of the week is going to be, uh, who do you you think the most influential person in the games industry is? All time. Let's, let's, of all let's time, yeah. Everybody's doing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let's get on the cool kid bus. Exactly. So, you know, you get that, uh, you know, get in on that. Uh, let's get a conversation going this time, guys. Like, you know, you don't have to take turns answering. All That's right? right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, you know. But uh, let's see. What's coming out this week, uh, Carl? anticipated game in history. Oh, yeah. Modern Warfare. 1.1 billion plaga, 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 I'm flying now. Oh, you mean Zumba Fitness 2? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. That's yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's coming out underneath Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Like, why would you? Why would you release any game today? You know, even though didn't Assassin's, I think Assassin's Creed released the same day as Modern Warfare or Black Ops last year. You know, it was it was like it, it was, was really close in the same week. But yeah, it was it was close to it. Okay, then yeah, it's probably it the was, same scenario. Cause I know the week I after next. Yeah, I think Assassin's Creed and Speed both released like the same week. Yeah, that, that's the oh, weekend. No, you ain't cool unless you release your game in the first two weeks of November. Yeah, well, three that's weeks. Assassin's Creed role. is cool. Assassin's Creed is cool. Yeah, so so I'm three not weeks. Down Assassin's Creed. Yeah, so um, all right, so yeah, Modern Warfare three. That's really all you need to know about this week. That's all you're gonna hear about. Uh, pretty much, that's that's what's coming out. Uh, so eleven, eleven, eleven. Yeah, there's something coming out there that's going to be pretty exciting. 11, 11, 11? Oh, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. 
Yeah. See, the Skyrim's not. It's not. It's not that I have anything because it's just not on my radar. It's not my type of game, so I'm not. I'm not getting it. So I totally forgot about it. <laughs> I just. I just know because like everything was like eleven one eleven and eleven eleven eleven. Like that was when everything was coming out. Because, I know Nick is excited for it. I am super pumped. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm really I'm excited, but I have no time to play. Like I'm excited too. I just. I, I. But I would if I just played that. Like I'd spend days and weeks playing nothing but that game, and I don't have time. So I'm just gonna yeah. wait to pick it up until I actually have time. That's fair enough. Yeah, I, um, so I'm scared I'm going to do that. I actually took personal days from work the day it comes out and the following and day. I, I totally get that because when Half-Life 3 comes <laughs> out, that's exactly what's happening. No, I'll be doing that again, definitely. Oh, yeah. Just like, on that. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely. That's like, uh, don't call me. Actually, I'll just take my battery out of my phone. Don't don't mm-hmm. talk to me. I'm saving the universe. God damn it. Who's going to do it? Dave yeah. Newell from the basement? Yep. <laughs> let him out. Let him be free. Like it's a, thank, thank you, Gabe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, all right. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up on this. I guess this long return mash cast because uh, that definitely we went over. <laughs> we guys over, but yeah. it was necessary. It was necessary. We know. didn't expect to come back to so much anger and hate. We should, we exactly. should just expect it, Rob. Because <laughs> it always happens. Yeah. So, but uh, well, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us. Uh, you know, check us out on the website mashlessbuttons.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mashlessbuttons, soundcloud.com slash mashlessbuttons, twitter.com slash MTB site. Uh, even though Rob is a senior manager now, a senior Still editor. Still complaints to me. You know, yes, so yeah, he's got to yeah. take them. Exactly. Exactly. He's the, he, he wants to hear what ails you. So Realistically, though, like I don't, I don't ever get any complaints. Yeah. So you could send me happy notes, too. Yeah, like you if know, you're pleased with us, fun. let us know. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't think I've never gotten a bad note. I've never gotten a bad note from anybody. So, hooray. So, yeah. Either that or they don't care. I mean, you can. I mean, you can send me bad notes <laughs> if you want to, but, you know, I, I'm just having not any. So. He'd prefer not to. If you want to be the first, then, you know, I guess go for it. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We will be next week with another new MASHcast. So we'll catch you then. Later. All right. Peace. See you later, everybody. Keep hating. Haterade <laughs> <laughs> is made up of 30% damn you jealous. <laughs> Later. See ya. <laughs>